I had like the weight gain, the no period, and then the skin tags. And I just noticed that I was just not always in a great mood. And I had like a lot of mood swings. You know, I've never seen a functional medicine doctor before. Like maybe that's something that like that next step. And what really kind of drove me into following up is that is that I started losing my hair. This channel is about patients sharing their stories and healing. Oftentimes people are frustrated with not having the right answers when it comes to their health. I created this channel to share patient stories with you. Maybe you'll resonate with someone, maybe you will learn the path that they took to healing and it helps you in your own journey. Welcome to another episode of Healing Journeys. Thank you for joining us. Today we have a very special guest, Isabella. She's here to tell us her story through something that you might be able to relate through, a condition called polycystic ovarian syndrome. So oftentimes women have changes or menstrual changes or hormonal problems, and they're not sure where they can go or what they can do. And Izzy's here to tell us her story today. Welcome. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about why you felt it was important to share your story. I never thought that I had anything particularly wrong with me. And so I just spent my whole adult life being like, oh, you know, I don't get a period and, you know, that's okay, but I'm kind of having these, you know, these side effects. And then whenever I would bring it up to another physician, they would, you know, give me a general blood test and then they would just say like, oh, everything's fine, but I didn't feel fine. And I think that it took me coming to see you, Dr. Patel, where I started to actually feel better and it gave a reason behind why I was feeling these different things basically throughout my entire life. Tell me a little bit about the last time you felt quote unquote normal or when you remember things changing. Like what was that time period like when you went from feeling good to not feeling good? What was that like? I think I noticed it particularly in college. And I think that was just because, you know, you're you're growing up, I was in a different routine than I was used to. I was super active in high school. And then I went to a not as active in my college. And I think that's kind of when I noticed it more. That's also when I noticed when my body was changing more. And I just attributed that to my exercise is different. I'm not in sports. I'm not in those things. You know, college, you're staying up later, you're going out. And so I just thought that that was the reasoning behind it. When now that I know that my body was, you know, going through a lot of different changes at that time. What specific changes did you start to notice when you were, when you were going through college? Was it menstrual? Was it weight? Was it mood? What was what was some of the symptoms? All of the above. I gained weight really quickly. And I didn't really have a reasoning behind it. I was still working out, you know, five, six times a week. I was eating well, I was walking to class. So I had rapid weight gain. And then I noticed that I started to get skin tags a lot in areas that weren't necessarily being rubbed. So, you know, like you always hear like, oh, you can get skin tags on your underarms or areas that are constantly rubbing. Then I started getting them a lot on my neck. And I've never actually had a normal menstrual cycle. And, you know, in high school, all my doctors said it was because I was so active. Like I was a dancer. They're like, you know, a lot of people, dancers, gymnasts don't, you know, don't get it because they're so active. So then they put me on birth control. But then in college, I was still not getting my period and I wasn't as active. So that didn't really explain it then. And then they were like, oh, it's just because you're on birth control. But I was put on birth control because I wasn't getting it. And so it was just a lot of conflicting information. And so I had like the weight gain, the no period, and then the skin tags. And I just noticed that I was just not always in a great mood. And I had like a lot of mood swings. 
and I had the symptoms of my period, but wasn't getting my period. Okay. And so you went through cycles of seeing regular doctors, birth control, no birth control. Was there anything that you found that was helpful? No, nothing that, you know, they would just, I went through a lot of different birth controls. And because of that also made me gain even more weight. And so it was just kind of like a yo-yo back and forth masking it, the problem and or trying to mask the problem instead of figuring out what that problem actually is. Yeah. So then you decided you wanted to find the root cause of what was causing your symptoms. So what did you find? Was there friends? Was there social media? What What was the information you were finding out there? I actually saw on social media, TikTok specifically, I was watching this woman talk about her symptoms of PCOS. And I was like, you know, that kind of sounds familiar, but you know, no one in my family has PCOS. Like I knew of people who had them, but a lot of them lived like a super, super unhealthy lifestyle. I'm like, well, that's not me. You know, I'm active. I eat really well. Like I'm gluten free. I'm dairy free already. So like, it just didn't, I was like, it just doesn't align with my lifestyle. So I was like, well, I don't know if that's it. And then a lot of these influencers, I guess you can say just people on TikTok were saying that they went to a functional medicine doctor who did more blood work than the normal ones that like OBGYNs or just your general practitioner would do. And so I kind of was just like, okay, you know, I've never seen a functional medicine doctor before. Like maybe that's something that like that next step. And what really kind of drove me into following up is that is that I started losing my hair and like clumps. And so I was like, something's not right. Like I went to my my OBGYN, she did some tests and she's like, oh, everything's fine. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> but I couldn't, so I kind of was like, I just need, I think I need to see someone else. And so that's when I just started doing my research on, you know, functional medicine doctors here in Arizona. And then I actually looked on the, it's called like the national database for functional medicine doctors, because a lot of people say they're functional medicine doctors, but aren't actually like accredited. So I wanted to make, like, that was super important to me to find someone who was actually accredited. So it's the Institute of Functional Medicine, and they do have a accreditation and a certification that practitioners can get, which again gives you comfort in knowing that there's credibility behind their work. Because there is a lot of, I think, a lot of concern that patients go to functional medicine practitioners and they are given unnecessary testing and supplementation and restrictive dieting, and it causes even more harm sometimes. So it is really important. The point that you're making is so important. It's important to go to a reputable clinician that you feel comfortable with and has done the work to really know how to treat patients. So important. So my question for you is this. So you said when you looked at the TikTok and the influencers and things, you didn't fit the classic picture of somebody who has PCOS. What was your thoughts about what PCOS was? What was your image of a typical PCOS patient? Super overweight, usually a bad diet. Well, you know, the individuals that I know who have it, you know, they eat out a lot. They eat a lot of fast food, a lot of sugar intake. And I was just like, well, you know, like I work out, I live a healthy lifestyle. Like I eat out like once a week and, you know, so I was just was like, that just doesn't seem right. Well, what did you learn about PCOS that changed your mind about that? That a person with PCOS has to look overweight, with acne, with facial hair, with abdominal striae, the classic textbook PCOS. What did you learn about PCOS? That a lot of those are reactions to what your body is going through. And so, you know, like being overweight, that's a lot of PCOS 
individuals have issues with their blood sugar levels and their insulin levels. And that is a direct correlation to having PCOS. So it's not necessarily like that's what it looks like. But if you're not taking care of it and not getting to the root cause, it leads to that. And so, you know, like I'm now a lot more cautious about what I'm eating, especially like late at night with sugars and stuff like that, or, you know, eating and then going on a walk. It just has made me a lot more mindful. And so now when I see people who are like, oh, like I have a bunch of facial hair, I'm like, well, what are you doing to get to that? Like, are you taking supplements or are you doing what you need to? Like, are you drinking teas or something that can lower your testosterone levels? Because all of those attributes is a symptom of something else and so so something else is going on and you're getting that so you know absolutely and I want to stop you there for a minute mm-hmm. because it's such an important point unfortunately in medicine we hyperfixate on the symptoms and band-aid them with more drugs instead of helping the patient figure out what the underlying root cause of that inflammation or hormonal changes are right and and a lot of factors play in the play into that. It could be genetics, right? It could be genetic predisposition. It could be environmental, like you described, the diet, the lifestyle. Um, it can also be stress, right? It can mm-hmm. be also high levels of stress. The high, ver- the high performing strivers, drivers, overachievers, perfectionists, they now make up the majority of patients that have PCOS. So your classic PCOS PCOS doesn't apply as much. I sometimes will see patients in my clinic where they're CEOs, they're high drivers, uh, they're doing HIIT workouts, you know, six, seven days a week. They're, you know, major restrictive in their diets, and they still have hormonal abnormalities that point in the direction of PCOS. And so it's so important to tell the public that it's not just about, you know, the shaming and the blaming of the of the person's lifestyle, there are other factors that could be contributing and it's important to kind of get to the right practitioner and figure it out. So what were some of the tests that you went through that helped you figure out what was going on? So we first did a full blood panel and I just remember, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. But I think that that was the most insightful because I I vividly remember one of my first consultation with you, just telling you what my symptoms were and you were like, oh, I think you have PCOS, but let's test. And so I kind of was like, oh, no, I, you know, I don't have that. And once my lab results came back and you were able to kind of walk me through what all of my labs looked like, and I, I'm pretty confident you used the term that a lot of my labs came back as like postmenopausal. And at that point, I was 27 years old. I'm like, what do you mean postmenopausal? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But being able to add those supplements back into my diet and like, it's just, is completely different. Like, I just feel a lot better. Like, I had started to get some facial hair just on my chin a little bit. And I still have it, but it's significantly decreased. And so that's just been really nice to, to kind of see. And it's important to use both medicine that's traditional, conventional medicine prescriptions sometimes to help you know, fix the underlying root cause. So you had mentioned, you know, androgen excess, meaning having too much testosterone or male hormones, having too much cortisol or stress hormones, having too much insulin or blood sugar dysregulation, and overall having an inflammatory state. So the shutting down of the ovaries, what we see a lot of times with PCOS, isn't the problem. It's all the other things that's shutting down the ovaries that we need to fix, right? The lower levels of estrogen and progesterone that put you into that pause, right? Paused by having all this excessive hormonal imbalance. So it was important to kind of identify that as the root cause, right? 
So then what did you do next? What were some of the things that you tried? What did you do well? What didn't work for you? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so we, when I met with you, we would do a couple different things. So we did some meditating. And then you also encouraged me to not be on my phone past 8pm, journaling, reading before bed, working on my diet. One thing that I needed to do was eat a little bit more, but eat more well balanced foods. And so I started doing that. I was already gluten and dairy free, but I've made that a little bit more. I used to, you know, have like my cheats and I try not to do that anymore. And so I done that. So I still to this day, I I'm off my phone after eight, I found out that journaling wasn't quite for me. And so I just will be off my phone at eight. And then I will read because I feel like that helps me a lot. And I do a lot more lower intensity workouts, because that was kind of one of my biggest, like, oh my gosh, I have to change because I was doing kickboxing five days a week. And that was like strenuous, really, really hard hit workouts. Immediately when I woke up, I would go to the 5am class Monday through Saturday, typically. And so then you had me kind of rein that back. And so then now I'm doing Pilates and bar and walking at an incline and weightlifting a little bit. It's just stepping that back. And that was a huge adjustment for me because like I mentioned in college, I wasn't in sports anymore, but I was a dancer. So it was so hard in high school. I was like, well, I was, you know, I was nice and fit then. I need to like go really, really hard. And doing that opposite was a little hard for me to kind of be like, okay, you need to slow down and take things a little easier. But I feel better when I do that. Like I used to work out really, really hard and then be so tired. And then now it's like, oh, I feel really good. And then I can still like go for my walk. And it's just a nice, more calm workout. And so that was like my biggest like flip I think I had to do was just working out not as intensely. So important to tell people that sometimes more is not better. Oftentimes when women start to gain weight, you think the natural thing to do is to hit restrictive diets and exercise even more. Unfortunately, the body is listening to stress signals. And one of the things that puts us over the top in terms of PCOS especially is cortisol. And so too much hit workouts, too many heavy hitting activities, having a high stress job, right? Mm-hmm. You know, not giving ourselves permission to be normal and healthy and balanced and slow and present can sometimes cause the system to also get overloaded with cortisol. So learning to meditate, learning to breathe learning to have a better sleep hygiene or sleep practices, and also taking it down a notch in terms of physical stress um, can also then put the body back into homeostasis. So this is all good stuff. So mm-hmm. now, what, was, what were some of the wins and some of the setbacks that you experienced? I think that the, I mean, the wins is I feel a lot better. One of the setbacks was getting used to taking metformin. You get some digestive issues with that. And so we had to, you know, move or move those around and take it at different times that work best for me. And so since then, that's been great. But I think just a win is finally being able to be heard. And I think that a lot of women have a hard time because they think that something's happening and then they just get, oh, you're fine or everything seems to be normal or in normal range, but something could be a normal range or be too high still. And I think that that was a huge, you know, plus for me. So much so that I like told all my friends, I'm like, you guys have to go see a functional medicine doctor. And um, I'm from out of state. And so they're still in that other state. And like five of my friends see one now. And it's just so much better. And I feel like it's just a different approach to actually getting to the root cause of things. But I don't think that in terms of any losses that there's too many, you know, I'm on my next journey of now 
trying to get pregnant. So utilizing all of these factors and making sure that my cortisol levels are lower, that I'm not as stressed, that you know I'm getting good sleep is uh, really important. So it's using that foundation that I was working on for the last year, year and a half almost, and applying that now towards that next phase of my life. What did you see in your lab work or in your symptoms that shifted once you started to make these shifts? So my testosterone went down a lot, which I was super surprised. I think that that was like the biggest one that I think almost cut in half almost. And I, cause it was super, super high when I first started, which I was shocked. But then with a lot of some of my lower hormone levels, like my sex drive came back, things that were missing. Like I just felt like overall in a better mood. I wasn't losing my hair anymore. I stopped getting skin tags. It's just like little minor things that I, that was that I noticed like originally started to subside or at least lower a little bit. What about your periods? Oh, I, I get monthly periods now on time, <laughs> which has been really nice because I had gotten off of birth control. And ever since then, every single month I've gotten it on time, which has never, ever happened in my life. Yeah. So good. Congratulations on all the hard work. I know. I know what you went through and I know how hard it is to to be committed to your self-care and to Mm -hmm. take care of yourself. Especially women, we always take care of everyone else and everything else. Mm -hmm. And a little less attention towards ourselves. We feel guilty or we don't feel comfortable taking care of ourselves. And you just Mm -hmm. knocked it out of the park. So I'm so proud of you. Thanks. So if you were gonna tell someone else that's, you know, going through the same journey as you are. What advice would you give them? Just to do it. I mean, my hesitation at first was, you know, like, oh, it's going to be kind of expensive or my insurance doesn't cover that. But I just did it. And I'm so glad I did because you're investing in your health. And I think that that's a huge, important thing because, yeah, my insurance could cover a general practitioner, but I wasn't getting the help that I needed or deserved. And so, you know, if you're thinking about it, just do it and stick to it and I think that I mean it's you've been so helpful because we've been able to kind of like work at what I'm needing because it's not just like you're not saying you need to do this it's kind of more like how do you feel about this what if we changed this or what if we did this or can you try this and then can we come back and discuss it just being collaborative in what my medical decisions kind of are I guess and what way we're trying to go because I know like when you had recommended a medication you're like do you want to do a medication we can do this you know, X, Y, and Z for this amount of time. And if that doesn't work, we could transition to that. So it's just been nice because you give alternatives and it's not just like you have to do this one route, if that makes sense. It does, it does. And it's so important that we feel empowered, right? So we feel empowered with knowledge so that you can take back control of your health. One of the things that people feel when they get diagnosed with something or they have symptoms that are unexplained is they feel like they don't have control over their health, their body and their decisions. Not only that, but they don't know enough about the condition to know what to do. So part and parcel of this journey is to to gather the information, become knowledgeable yourself, understand the root cause of what's out of balance, and then having the choice and the control to, to, to sort of take the driver's seat in this journey, because it's ultimately your vehicle right? Mm-hmm. And you have learned what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. If you went on a girl's trip and things got a little, you know, off the rails, you know what your body feels mm-hmm. like. 
And being able to learn that for yourself means that you're a better driver now and setting the setting the tone for the rest of your life. So speaking of the rest of your life, you had shared that your next part in your journey is to uh, to you know to seek a pregnancy in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you know, what the next steps are for you in this journey? Yeah, so me and my husband are wanting to start a family. And so right now, it's just kind of timing things out. I've been a little bit more stressed at work. So I'm trying to work on lowering my stress levels. And, you know, I'm still taking all of my supplements that I need to. I had mentioned to you that I was, this was our next journey. And so you had, you know, we changed me to having a prenatal. So I'm taking additional things to kind of help my, my body support before we conceive, which I think is also really important because people don't support your body until you conceive. So it's, you know, preparing my body for a pregnancy. So during that, you know, still doing the same thing, no phone after eight, reading, sleeping, you know, all the same things really. It's so important. People don't realize this, but our body is listening to our environment and as women, if you create a safe, nurturing space for the body to then receive a pregnancy, then the body would, and is in the right place in the right time in the right situation. But if our cortisol levels are high and it's sending a signal to our body that it's unsafe or it's not the right time, then the body will actually do what it needs to to protect you from having, you know, having difficulty. So setting the tone to creating that nurturing, loving, safe, stable, calm body and creates the right vessel for for the next phase so i'm so glad that you're you know you're on this journey and i'm so grateful for you to come on today and share is there anything last minute that you want to share with the audience no i don't think so i think that's it okay well thank you so much have a good day and thank you for joining us today on healing journeys i'm looking forward to our next interview next week see you then